0: Michigan is one of five Republican-controlled states that's opted to expand Medicaid coverage under the Affordable Care Act, and it received a federal waiver to modify its program. That program's now been in place for several months, and some of its effects are becoming clear. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with John Yanian, Director of the Institute for Healthcare Policy and Innovation at the University of Michigan, and an Associate Editor of the Journal. Dr. Yanian has co-authored a perspective article on the first 100 days of the Healthy Michigan Plan. Dr. Yanian, can you give us a little background about Michigan's decision to expand Medicaid, but to modify it? What were the politics behind that compromise?
1: Michigan is a state that has both the Republican governor and Republican legislature, both houses of the state legislature. And in early 2013, when states were given the option by the Supreme Court whether to expand Medicaid, The governor of Michigan decided that it would be in the interest of the state to accept the expansion, but to do it in a Michigan-specific way.
0: What were the goals of the modifications? What was the Michigan-specific way?
1: Well, in order to get a bipartisan majority supporting the Healthy Michigan Plan, the governor and legislature agreed to institute cost-sharing provisions within the Medicaid program, which was a relatively new feature for Medicaid nationally.
0: You read about two additional requirements in the Michigan program, one, that enrollees make an initial primary care appointment, and two, that they complete a health risk assessment. Are any other states trying so directly to translate health insurance coverage into access to care and appropriate care?
1: To my knowledge, Michigan has taken the most definitive step to essentially require the health plans in which Medicaid beneficiaries enroll. To connect them with primary care, it's certainly an important part of any insurance plan to ensure that people don't just have coverage, but have access to the services they need, both primary and specialty care.
0: The Healthy Michigan Plan enrolled 322,000 low-income adults within the first 100 days of its existence. Does that make the program a success in the eyes of health policy experts and policymakers in the state? Or what are the measures of success?
1: Well, certainly getting the right people, those who are eligible for coverage enrolled, is one of the most important and immediate measures of success. It was expected over the first year of the program that Michigan would enroll approximately 322,000 beneficiaries in its Medicaid expansion under the Healthy Michigan Plan. The fact that that milestone was achieved in the first 100 days is evidence that there is a significant unmet need in the state and likely in other states that are expanding Medicaid as well for low-income adults who otherwise do not have good options for insurance coverage, either because they're not working or they're working in jobs where insurance coverage isn't offered or it's not affordable.
0: You note in your article that the Michigan expansion went into effect three months after the federal and state health insurance exchanges had opened. So Michigan had more time to address some of the problems that those exchanges faced. Was the state, in fact, able to avoid the information technology problems that plagued healthcare.gov and some of the state exchanges?
1: Yes, I think that that additional three months, as well as seeing some of the difficulties that healthcare.gov had at the federal level, as well as other state insurance exchange websites around the country, I think emphasized for leaders of the key state agencies here in Michigan the importance of coordinating both the policy and technical implementation of the Medicaid expansion in terms of communicating to the public about the eligibility criteria, having the computer systems in place to determine whether people met the income criteria for Medicaid, and then having the ability to collect and evaluate the data from applicants for the Medicaid program for the Healthy Michigan Plan to confirm their eligibility and to connect them with one of the Medicaid health plans covering individuals in the state.
0: You say that because of anti-ACA sentiment in Michigan, the Healthy Michigan Plan was marketed as a state initiative for working-age adults rather than as a component of the ACA. So that would imply that if it's judged on its merits, Medicaid expansion would be widely embraced. So how much of the opposition to the ACA, both in Michigan and elsewhere in the country, do you think is attributable to poor marketing?
1: That's a good question. I think we have to look at each state individually, although over time I think we'll draw lessons from comparing how Medicaid as well as the insurance exchanges were promoted in different states. I think there clearly is a sense that most health care is local. It's delivered in health plans and provider networks, the state and local level. So there is some value, I believe, in promoting programs like this, even if they are authorized and funded through the federal government within the context of the health care systems in states and local areas. And that was the approach that Michigan took.
0: In Michigan, as you point out, there are numerous policy questions still outstanding, including what the medical needs of the enrollees are going to be and whether the state's health care capacity is going to be sufficient to meet them. Are those questions being actively studied?
1: Yes, they are. In fact, our team here at the University of Michigan is working with the State Department of Community Health to evaluate some of the important issues around the implementation of the Healthy Michigan Plan. So we hope to learn both with the experience here in Michigan, as well as comparing and collaborating with State health departments and universities around the country and other states, how the program has an impact both on the beneficiaries who participate as well as the providers serving them and the financial and economic consequences of the Medicaid expansion.
0: And finally, what do you see as the next steps in Michigan in terms of ensuring that coverage levels are kept high and that access to care is also available?
1: Now that we've seen a clear surge in demand with enrollment in the Healthy Michigan Plan. Next steps will be to track how well the newly enrolled adults are connected with primary care providers, to what extent new and chronic health problems are identified and appropriately treated, and at what cost. When Michigan approved the Healthy Michigan Plan, the legislature determined that the state begins to contribute to the cost of that program beginning in 2017, that Michigan needs to achieve savings in other ways, for example, through reduced expenditures on mental health programs that are now covered by the Medicaid program, that offset the costs that the state will bear beginning at 5% of the overall expansion costs in 2017. And the state legislature reserved the right to withdraw from the Affordable Care Act's Medicaid expansion if those costs were not offset over time. But there have been independent evaluations, for example, by the state's legislative agency, similar to the Congressional Budget Office, that estimates that the savings to Michigan should offset the additional costs at least through 2026, suggesting that the program will be sustainable from a state budgetary standpoint. But that will be an important consideration to monitor over time. We'll also be watching to see what happens to uncompensated care in the state. One of the policy rationales for expanding coverage is to reduce the amount of uncompensated or charity care that hospitals and physicians are expected to provide in areas with large proportions of uninsured residents. And so as more low-income residents gain coverage, we would expect that rates of uncompensated care would go down, and that should help the financial health of safety net providers and other organizations serving low-income Medicaid beneficiaries.
0: Thank you, Dr. Aanian.